This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update video and podcast. Today, we're talking with Dr. Jonathan Ripp, Dean for Wellbeing and Resilience at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and Chief Wellness Officer at Mount Sinai Health System in New York about clinician well-being in the COVID new normal. That's in quotation marks. I'm Todd Unger, MA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Ripp, thanks for joining us. I went back and watched our uh, first time we ever talked together back in April of 2020. Uh, Talk about a time machine is to look back and see the state of things back there when you were really just learning how to deal with this uh, in the first wave, fast forward, better part of two years. And you're now moder moderating an upcoming AMA webinar titled Clinician Wellbeing in the COVID New Normal Reconsidering Priorities and Omicron's Wake. I'm just saying, if you were to go back and advise yourself two years ago, uh, knowing what you know now, what would you have told yourself? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, Todd, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's I can't even I'm, I'm trying to process all that you just said. I guess what I tell myself, I would say brace yourself for what's coming. Um, my goodness, it has been it has been a long and tiring couple of years. Um, but hey, we're, we're here and uh, I think we've learned a lot and there's there's a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to this webinar to sort of talk about uh, talk about where we are. I love uh, this concept of the new normal, which is uh, given how fluid things in is just at this particular point in time of what we consider the new normal right now. Why don't you give us a preview of what this webinar is going to be all about? Yeah, well, you know, the new normal, that's kind of the term that I think uh, a lot of us started using really early on, right? Because we were sort of we were sort of, uh, you know, bemoaning our loss and thinking about, you know, what we what we've what we had and where we are and when is it going to get back that way get back to normal and we all kind of realize you know what it, it's gonna it's probably not gonna be that way it's probably gonna be a new normal i think in the wake of delta not omicron but delta there were there probably was you know a considerable amount of optimism a hope that maybe we were turning the corner on covid and that we wouldn't be seeing too much of it and so maybe we're kind of getting a sense of what the new normal might be um and Omicron just kind of has really changed things, I think, in terms of a lot of people's outlook. So um, I, I can share with you in a second what we want to cover in the webinar. But I think as we think about new normal um, with, with Omicron, some of the differences are that, you know, a lot of people who are vaccinated felt like, OK, well, I'm, I'm safe. And that's just been you know, thrown out the window with Omicron as there have been so many vaccinated cases. And so it just, it, you know, those, those folks who felt, well, now we're getting somewhere it's hard to, to think of what the new normal is going to be. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the mix that's fueling a lot of anxiety. Uh, and we're going to talk a bit about that in the webinar. What do you think characterizes the new normal right now? Yeah, well, you know, I think about it in terms of obviously the work that I'm engaged in and the things that we're going to talk about. And so um, it, it's really about how do our how have our priorities changed or not changed um, as a result of where we are at this phase of the pandemic. I think, um, you know, we, we learned a lot in terms of what was needed as there are COVID surges. And so what that looked like was um, in the, as numbers are going up, there's a lot of uh, attention to basic needs. 
And as, uh, as those numbers go up and begin peaking, the uncertainty continues and there's a lot of anxiety. And then as we start coming down, we know that's when people process, they grieve, and, and there's a lot of, of attention and need for, for mental health support. You know, with this most recent uh, um, wave, this most recent Omicron surge, we're seeing other elements creep in that are having significant impact on well-being. So from the standpoint of, of where we are as it relates to our work in this space, we're really seeing the, the dramatic impacts of exhaustion and, and staff, you know, staffing, right? What everybody knows about the great resignation, the, the staff shortages in healthcare. And when you compound that with so many people getting sick who are providing the care, uh, those issues, you know, uh, just become incredibly acute. And, and I think will have impact beyond, uh, beyond Omicron uh, as, we, as we really focus a lot on what does it mean to keep people engaged in, in healthcare? How do we keep people in, the, in this profession? How do we, uh, how do we you know, enable them to, to want to stay um, in this work? I mean, you talked a lot, just now you talked about exhaustion. I mean, this is two years, the cumulative effect of that. And psychologically, uh, you know, we still see uh, this having an outsized impact on those who have chosen to be unvaccinated at this point. Do you think that these, uh, that that in particular, especially in light of what we heard from the Supreme Court last week, is that really weighing on physicians at this point, that kind of sense that, geez, we have a vaccine at hand, yeah. why aren't you using it? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one piece of the puzzle that certainly influences this, this conversation. I think for, for a workforce that is exhausted, um, you know, it's one thing to take care of people who have gotten vaccinated and got their boosters and they still get Omicron. And so, you know, okay, that that's happening now. So we got to, we got to take care of those people. It's another thing when folks, particularly those that, that seem to be getting sicker are the ones that, that are unvaccinated. And I think that does take a toll on the workforce. If you're already tired and you see someone come in uh, like that and you're thinking this, this person is contributing to my exhaustion, these are, these are the human thoughts that, that obviously uh, you know, our, our workforce is experiencing, that, that's gonna take its toll. Um, and we're, we're also seeing, you know, sort of an increase in, in the incivility, um, or at least, you know, it, it tends to be picked up by the press, at the very least. I, I do think you, you'll hear about it in the webinar as well, but some of the mistreatment that comes from patients to the workforce is, it, we may be seeing it in greater, uh, greater amounts, and that too is having an increasing toll uh, on, on all of us. Gosh, I can only imagine. I mean, when you think about the different phases and the different surges that we're in right now, and you mentioned different kind of psychological stresses, um, how do you compare what needs to be done for physicians and healthcare teams right now that's different than it was two years ago? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, we, just when we thought we kind of ha had it un understood uh, from our experience, what we how how to respond to these things, and and um, you know that that of course there's many silver linings, but that of course is one of them that we've we've garnered a great deal of experience in understanding what is it that it, you know how how our work healthcare workforce is impacted by crises and what are their needs. You know we thought we learned a lot, and and a lot of that has has borne out this time around. But there are there are these new elements. But certainly, and as I mentioned before, you know, when when the crisis is is rapidly, uh, um, you know, sort of uh, um, unfolding, that's where you know people really tend to focus on. I, okay, how do I survive? Right, it's survival mode. 
you know, how do I take care of my kids if they're out of school? How do I take care of my, you know, elders if I'm if I got to provide them care and their 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 you know their care attendants are out sick? Um, how do where do you know cafeterias closed? How do I get my next meal? So that we know, and that was true this in this surge as much as in the beginning. Um, the uncertainty elements also it, it, it drives anxiety when we don't know what's coming, and so clearly providing information is critical at those time periods. That too we've seen. I anticipate what we've seen last time is forthcoming, perhaps in greater extent. You'll hear about that in the webinar as well. Um, I, I'm concerned about the mental health consequences. We knew they were significant and real after the first major surge, uh, and we have every reason to believe we're going to we're going to see that uh, we're going to see more of that. I think what's layered on what might be new is this is this element of exhaustion. You know, there's just there's just such little reserve and fold in the issues around staffing and, and work, um, you know, workforce challenges, meeting, meeting um, just the staffing needs, it, it compounds all of this stuff. So I don't know if I think of them as separate issues or just drivers that, that influence what we've already learned, um, but it's, it's making it very hard. In fact, I would, I would go so far as to say, um, you know, that well-being may not be, probably isn't, who, who's actually feeling well right now? I think that may not actually be our current benchmark. I, I do believe that we can get to that place where we really are promoting well-being. But right now, it's just you know, can, can we get folks to be okay? Can we get can we enable folks to kind of get get through this, get through it effectively and and really unscathed? And and I think that's the difference. That's what we're doing right now, um, which is a little different than when when we emerged from Omicron. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. I think that that's a really interesting point uh, about, you know, what what's the best case scenario for right now? I mean, when you're in a hospital that's, you know, way, way over capacity due to the surge right now. Um, when we think about uh, what needs to happen going forward. And let's just hope that, you know, the numbers we're seeing in many of the kind of early urban centers of this seem to have peaked. Uh, there's some indication, let's say we, we are able to move past Omicron. We got two years of uh, this pandemic under our belt and the cumulative toll that it's taken on physicians, nurses, healthcare teams. What's the job then to be able to really uh, help these folks deal with the trauma? Of this mm -hmm. of this time, yeah. Well, well, that too. I think we'll, we will talk about. Um, you know, I, I would say first and foremost, it's to it's to prepare for this this possible. Uh, you know, I think for what we will see, we've all been through communal traumas, right? So um, I think uh, I think we can prepare for for that outcome. Um, that we're going to see people who are experiencing uh, psychological consequences of this. Uh, so first and foremost, just just knowing what to expect to to shore up and make sure we're aware of what our our resources are to to help those folks. To um, make sure that we're sending a lot of uh, sending out a lot of supportive and normalizing communications, uh, making sure people know that it's you know it's okay to not be okay in the wake of all this, and so. Um, it, it, you know, encouraging people to seek help um, when they need it. So, so that's going to be critical. 
And concurrently, we're going to need to, you know, get back to the things that we know work as it relates to to well-being, to to uh, all the work in, you know, culture and culture transformation, leadership, communications, all those things that have impact on making people feel cared for, enable them to derive meaning from their work, and to to focus on those efficiencies that that uh, enable people to do their work, so that they are able to spend more of their time on the meaningful aspects of their work, less of their time on the meaningless aspects of their work. Is there anything as you think of uh, your strategy going forward that might seem unusual or unexpected uh, that you need to bring to the table as we hopefully put at least some of this behind us and have a, at least one window before something else happens? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure I have like a zinger there for you, but I, what I will say is, um, a theme as it relates to efforts to to support the workforce at a time like this that I think not not that it's something new but it's um, when you're when you're working in the cultural sphere and you're and and in times of crisis when we really know we've heard from our workforce that what they really they need to know that you hear them and that you care for them and that you value them and and so one of the things that I think has really emerged for me and and certainly. Uh, you know, the leadership at, at my institution uh, espouses this, it's, it's got to be words and actions, right? So the way in which we make uh, people feel, right? It's that, it's that Maya Angelou quote, it's, you know, what people will really remember is how you made them feel. And so it's not, the, it's not, it's not necessarily just the words or just the actions. It's, it's got to be both. It's got to be heartfelt, authentic messaging that is, is linked with things that are, that are real, that are tangible, whether it's some gesture of appreciation, you know, just give, give the whole hospital pizza for dinner, but also the real stuff that we know, you know, paying attention to those uh, workflow operational needs in times of crisis that, you know, to, to, to sort of bolster those. When I think when all that's done together, you're going to have the greatest impact. And if you don't do it together, you really run the risk of falling short and, and potentially even, <laughs> it could even backfire on you if you say, hey, we really care about you, but you're not doing anything to back it up, um, and even the other way around, if you're doing things, but it's not, it's not also included with that message that really, you know, brings it home, um, it, it, it may actually not not be effective. Uh, Dr. Rip, uh, you know, this issue of physician wellness uh, is at the top of our uh, minds as we enter 2022 at the AMA, and this webinar that you're going to be hosting is a, an important way for us to kick off the year. I'm really excited. Uh, to hear what you and uh, the rest of the panel have to say. And I'd encourage everyone uh, to watch this upcoming webinar, Clinician Wellbeing and the COVID New Normal, Reconsidering Priorities in Omicron's Wake. It's Thursday, January 27th at 11 o'clock Central Time, and a registration link can be found in the description of this episode. Uh, that's it for today's COVID-19 update. We'll be back soon with another segment uh, soon. For resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks so much for joining us. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.